Welcome to the His Light and Life podcast with your host, Mark, who will be your guide to enhance, deepen, and enrich your Christian life. To turn your focus away from just getting by to walking with God in His light and life. Welcome back to His Light and Life. Today we're going to talk about the defeated foe. Uh, Satan is a defeated foe. We have this idea that he's this mastermind villain roaming around the countryside, you know, just wreaking havoc in the church and wherever he might, uh, whatever he might come across. But that's simply not true. We have a picture of him hating mankind in general and the church in particular. Um, and that he's capable of doing incredible amounts of things. Years ago, I was in a church and this church was expanding and they were kind of really trying to get the praise and worship going in another church in another city. And, uh, you know, they, they lost control. It was very heavy snowfall. They lost control of the vehicle and they didn't, no one got hurt, but they went off into the ditch. And the first thing about out of every single person that you know, I heard was, well, the devil doesn't want us going up there and working with the church that's up there and pray because we were going to praise and praise God, and so he pushed us off the road. And I'm thinking, I, this was I was a young believer, and though part of me wanted to picture that, believed in you know the fact that there was an evil, malevolent being here that hated Christians particularly it's you know I kind of let it but you know in the back of your mind you hear these things as a young believer and you're just thinking well I don't know uh I was a very I was in my mid mid late 20s I was a very pragmatic person all my life pragmatism is probably uh you know in in the descriptive category of my nature and I remember thinking you know like why was he standing out there on the He's standing out there on the busy uh, on the busy interstate, just like shoving vans <laughs> into the ditch. And you know, part of me wanted to believe it, and part of me had no other explanation. And I think that the devil solves a problem for people. He solves a problem, as you've heard me say, and you'll hear me say many, many times going forward. You have to have a villain. You have to have a villain. Uh, man enslaved in the law of the knowledge of good and evil, he has to have a villain. There has to be an there has to be a villain that's pushing evil and opposing good. So it works on either side of that equation. That coin has two sides, and both sides it doesn't matter if it's knowledge of good and knowledge of evil. You have to have a villain. And it's just the way that we are. We need a we need a protagonist we need somebody that's opposing it we need something to off put our responsibility we need we need a safety hatch and he is the safety hatch i mean you know like i say if you see any great movie movie or story or novel you're gonna find you're gonna find a villain you're gonna find an incredible villain and in many cases, in many cases, the villain is going to be the determining factor on the overall success of that story, of that storyline. 
And you can go through any, I don't care the example you give me, I can tell you right now, the devil is the perfect villain. He's essentially been portrayed as this all-powerful. Not He's not quite as powerful as God, but he has got a lot of power. He's got all, he's a mastermind genius. He's got thousands of years of experience of, you know, betraying God and defeating Christians. I used to hear this said in churches, you know, he will outsmart you. He will outwit you. There's nothing you can bring across his path. He hasn't seen a thousand times before. And we were kind of left to this navigate this maze through this realm of demonology maze of of you know tactics and booby traps and distrusting every single person in every situation realizing that anyone at any time can be an instrument of satan that his desire is to keep you away from the word of god to keep you away from prayer He's going to undermine praise and worship. He's going to disturb church meetings. He's going to do all. He's going to, he's going to sick the local council on you because your parking lot is not equivalent for the amount of congregants you have. He's just behind the government. He's, you know, he, everything. He's attacking your health. He's attacking your mind. He's attacking everything about you. He's using anything at his disposal to basically wipe you out. And though the Bible only gives us about 15 verses about them all total, you know, somehow we're just sort of to muddle through. There is a school that, you know, that basically tries to ignore them altogether. And then there's another school that just seems to magnify him beyond belief. And today what I want to do is enter into, uh, we're going to have a few talks on this, and uh, starting with the simple concept that your start point of God, of the devil is going to determine the kind of devil that you have. And I want you to use not spiritual language. I want you to use a little sprinkle of common sense. Put a couple of things into position, into place, and then use those to, as a help, to help you with your framework of understanding what the scriptures actually say about him. Now, first of all, let's establish this. The devil, who was Lucifer before he fell, was an angel. He was an angel. Okay, now... <clears throat> We see Gabriel, and we see Michael, and we see angels mentioned throughout the Bible. Um, now, I want you to picture for a second the angel, the, the archangel Gabriel. Um, when you hear about him in the Bible, he's in one place. He's in one place at one time. He's glorious. People who saw him fell at his feet as dead. I mean, he's beyond belief as far as is, is, is the glory that's upon him. He's from a different dimension. He's from a dimension of light, where the start point of that dimension is faster than light. Right? So, do you think that he can, could come down here and just do the things that the devil does? I want you to picture that for a second. I want you to picture just the angelic realm as they are. 
what could they really do in their limit, the limited space that they are? They occupy one, one space at one time. So with that said, I want you to first of all start with this, the simple truth that the devil was an angel. He was a being. He was a person. And that being was limited in the way that we know beings are limited now. And predominantly, that limit is in the area of space. And that's vital when we think about these things. We need to understand that you, you have to start with the devil as an angel. You have to start with the realm and the dimension that he is in. The de an angel can't create a planet. An angel can't move a planet. And the angel can't, he can't, you know, calm the tides. He can't do any of those things. He cannot do any of those things. It's like the idea of the mechanics of the universe, the mechanics of the material dimension, the mechanics of everything. They're under God's control. He made them. They belong to him. And it's like it's like an it's like a vehicle that you know what has to have a, you know a, a I don't think there is one but he had to have a, you know a, a fingerprint identification or the vehicle won't go anywhere. Well, that's the that's it. I mean, the devil was created. He's not a creator. He has no originality. He doesn't. He doesn't. Every single thing that he does, even in his fallen state, is a result of something that came from God. And I'm not saying that God made the devil. I'm saying that God gave the attributes and the, and the consistencies that he had as Lucifer. Picture them, just the basics of it, stripped of glory, stripped of God's grace, and stripped of all God's gifts. And you're just left with this carcass of a being. A carcass of a being. That's how he moves from being Lucifer, the light bearer, to being Satan, the adversary, the liar, the Beelzebub, the, the, you know, the Diablo. And that's really what, if you want to understand what he's limited to, that's what he is limited to is his thought intentions. He can, and the word Diablo is here, the very sort of, you know, boof, real bad word in people's minds, but it actually is just another word for Satan. And it actually gives us a definition of how he functions and operates. It simply means a little kid standing in front of a, ball, a wall, throwing a bouncing of tennis ball at, throw it at the wall. It bounces, comes back. He throws it again. It bounces, comes back. He throws it again. It bounces, come back. That's Diablo. And it's all he does. He can throw an idea and throw it again and throw it again and throw it again. He's the baiter. That's really what it is. He baits. Now, I want you to think about the difference between the overriding evil on the, on the world, in the world, <clears throat> and one who baits. There's a serious, serious difference between somebody, you know, somebody who, who I mean, it's the difference is as radical as putting bait on a hook to catch a fish and then, or having the ability to have an entire screened net underneath a lake and lift the whole thing up at one time and all the fish are there. There's a huge difference between the two. And by that comparison, God has the screen could lift all the fish out of the lake in one moment. We see that with Jesus, you know, he said, cast your net on the other side. And they haul in the disciples, Peter, they haul in, uh, you know, so many fish that almost the, that the boat was going to capsize. 
now picture some you know a, a you know a stately little gentleman sitting at the end of a dock with a with a worm on a hook hoping and trying and baiting that's what we're talking about here but he is a defeated foe that means that every grace every gift every ability that he was given by god was taken from him when he rebelled it was all taken back so i want you to think about for a second the emotions that were in adam and eve when they fell now i want you to picture the um, the, the sense that a being that was perfect in his creation would have felt you have to understand this simple part when adam a male and female rebelled they reached forth they believed they were going to add the tree of the the knowledge of good and evil they thought they were going to add that to what they already had that it was going to be an addition because they didn't understand that what they had before they ate came to them and had come to them as a grace as glory and as a gift that it didn't belong to them that it did not belong to them your life does not belong to you the non-believer they belong to the grave the believer they belong to christ you were bought with a price the price was paid the ransom price it was paid you think of the term of ransom somebody's been taken captive they've been kidnapped and then you pay a ransom and then you buy them back well by paying the ransom you purchase them ransom is another word for the payment but it's specific in the sense that the person that the payment is being made for is being held captive and you were captive you were a slave to sin a slave to unrighteousness a slave to evil and you were bought back the 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 price was paid for you to be bought back okay so that's that's vital there was no payment paid to buy satan back from anything he fell from a perfect state to the ruin that he has today and in that ruin that he has today he has incredible limitations okay he is not what we have imagined him to be so this by way of an introduction into because i know this has piqued some interest because the first thing that happens when you when you hear something that you're not used to hearing is you have a whole head full of whatabouts you know you just like all of a sudden there's this initial push uh pushback against it because you're hearing something that you don't hear on sunday in church understand this the devil from a i want to look at it from just for a moment of secular christianity a north american christianity parents wanting to keep their kids off drugs and and that you know that 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 north american christianity that so many people have been in, inundated with you need a villain and the devil fits that perfectly the devil fits that role perfectly and you're going to bring your kids to, you know, you're going to bring the kids to church and you're going to pray over them. You're going to do all of the things that the churchy things, the Christian, the religious side of Christianity. You're going to do all of those things because you believe 
that they're going to keep you, keep you free from the devil. They're going to keep you free from him. And you have these things where people, you know, they, they, I believe in the armor of God. But, you know, this like this idea that this pronunciation, like you standing in your front hall before you go to work, announcing this huge pronunciation every day to keep your protect, that's your protection from the devil. And the day you don't do it and something bad happens, see, there it is. I knew it. And that type of idea is brought into the church in a very, very real, very, very specific and heavy way. And it fits. It fits. It just works. I mean, any Star Wars fans, just go make yourself a copy of Star Wars. And in every scene that Darth Vader is in that movie, delete it. Pull it out and then watch that movie with no Darth Vader. No mention of his name, no mention. And I tell you something, you're like, what is going on here? You have to have a villain. You have to have a villain and you have to have two villains. You have to have a villain major and a villain minor. You have to have a a villain far away, untouchable, just nebulous that moves into a scene every now and again. And then you have to have a villain close by. Political parties use this. You have to have a villain. You have to have an enemy. Um, people in business use this, you know, the, you know, we're, we're moving forward with this new initiative, but you know, the thing we have to be aware of is this, and you know, you try to motivate and stir your employees with the idea that their job's at risk if they don't handle and deal with this villain. It's everywhere. It's every single place. I mean, criminals to them, the, the police are villains. It doesn't matter what it is. It doesn't matter where it is or where you are. With the human thinking of the knowledge of good and evil, the right and wrong, wrong and right, we have to have a villain. And that villain has to work on both sides of that equation. And for the church, unfortunately, the villain that they use all the time is Satan. So next time we're going to pick this up, I want to thank you for joining me today on His Light and Life. We're going to, we've laid a foundation for this, and then we're going to take that and expand it and say, okay, well, show me, Mark, what the real villain is. What is the real villain? And we're going to get into that. Thank you for listening to His Light and Life. Do you have questions or want to speak with Mark? Please reach out using the email in the description. We'll see you next time on His Light and Life.